So if you're a follower of Christ and you've been a follower of Christ uh, for some time, you probably have a go-to verse. How many of you have like a go-to verse if you've trusted in Christ? It's a verse you always go to, kind of your life verse, right? Well, there's one verse that I believe uh, many people go to, especially in difficult times, especially if they are quoting that verse to others who are going through difficult times. And that verse is found in the book of Romans. Romans what? 8:28. Some of you may be hearing this one for the first time, but here it is. For we know that for those who love God, all things work together for what? For good for those who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So I wanna start with the question today. Here's a question. Is that true? What do you think? Do all things work together for good? To those who love God, to those who called according to his purpose. Doesn't always feel like that, does it? Standing in the, in the numbness of an abruptly ended dating relationship doesn't feel good, does it? When a couple calls it quits, is that a good thing? When you're rushing your three-year-old to the emergency room, would anyone say that was like the best trip we ever had? And when, on Wednesday nights, we are praying for so many parents who ask, will you pray for my children? They've wandered away from the Lord. I don't see that followed up with, thank God. This is really good stuff. How's the COVID thing working out for you? Your job went away? Really good. Craziness in homes with all the decisions. You're going to send your kids back to school. They're going to do online homeschooling. Again, this past Wednesday, we prayed for so many people who said, pray for us. We're doing cyber school for the first time. You know, it used to be when, uh, when there was a snow day, it was a big deal, right, for working parents to try to figure out what they were going to do with their kids. Now, like, every day is a snow day. How's that working out? With the, with the stress that then feeds into marriages, the mental stress of loneliness and discouragement and, and depression, and how about when the treatments don't work and the surgery doesn't get all the cancer and the procedures don't work? We know believers are with the Lord, right? And it's still hard. It's still hard. Does anyone want to stand around a casket? Quoting Romans 8, 28. Does God really work out all things together for good? Maybe the better question is this. 
This is the better question. What do you do, what do you do when a truth we know to be true doesn't match the pain and emotion in your heart? What do you do when that truth you know to be, you know to be right, but at that moment, doesn't match what you're going through in your heart. Let's pray, and then we're going to dig into this passage. Father, for everyone in Robinson and Washington, for everyone in Wilkinsburg and Ross Traver, for those in DeBerry, for those here in the South Hills and all of us joining us online, we pray that you would speak to our hearts All of us behind smiles and greetings, we're going through stuff. There are challenges in our life. Some are are well known and some, Lord, are just hidden and they are secret secret, uh, challenges, secret turmoil that just inside of our hearts that we wonder, Lord, what what are you doing? How are you working this together for good? What what are you doing in my life? And so Lord, I pray that you would help answer that question, not in general, but very specifically today as we look at your word. We thank you for who you are and how you work in our lives. And we pray in Christ's name, amen. All right, so let's look at this passage. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. And we know that is not some mental assent. That is a word that speaks to an experiential knowledge. And we know, we believe this, we've been through it, we've experienced it, and we know. Now, this verse speaks to one attribute of God, and we've been going through the attributes of God. This verse speaks to God's sovereignty. He is in control of everything. His dominion is an eternal dominion, as Daniel chapter 4 says. He exercises power over everything. When God desires something to happen, it happens. No one can thwart his plans. No one can stop his plans. And the word work here is a very interesting word. It is used in a tense that describes something that is ongoing and something that is dynamic, something that is always active. God is always at work in our lives. When you read that passage, know that there is not a time when God takes his eye off of you. There's not a time when God says, oops, I'm going to look somewhere else. I'm not going to be working in your life. God is actively at work in our lives. Always working, never stops working. God is always at work in the lives of what? Of who? Those who love him. 
So this verse is to believers, those who love him. By the way, that participle, those who love him, is in the same tense as the word work. And so it means that we are always loving him, that we are active in loving him, that is a dynamic love that we have for him. And we know that his work caused us to love him in the first place. We love him because what? He first loved us. So God's always at work in the lives of those who love him. Make sure you jot that one down. Make sure you get that point. He's always at work in the lives of those who love him. Not not those who love him perfectly, that would be no one, but those whose heart beats with him, whose love for God is a spiritual heartbeat. When you read this verse, just think of how personal it is. If we want to talk about God's sovereignty among the nations, we can do that. We can look at all the passages of Scripture that says God holds the the, the heart of the king in his hand and and no one, and he moves it wherever he wants. We know that God is in charge of all things. He's sovereign. Here's a personal passage. God is getting in our eyes, in our face, and he's saying, I love you. I love you. I'm Heavenly Father. I've rescued you. I've given you my spirit. I love you, and I just want you to know I am always at work on your behalf, always working and allowing you to love me. Now, hang with me here, because here's the mystery to this thing, and we've talked about God's incomprehensibility throughout the series. Here's where the mystery comes in. God is sovereign, right? totally sovereign, totally in control. And he remains sovereign even over our freedom and our self-determined activities. God exercises his control. Think about this. He exercises his sovereign control by letting things run their normal course. When he interrupts the normal course, what's that called? It's called a miracle. When you have a few loaves of bread and a few fish, you can just feed a few people, right? That's the normal course. Until God says, Jesus says, I can feed the multitudes. Normally, God, in God's sovereignty, he allows us to work within His sovereignty. Can we understand all that? I can't. But there is freedom. We can do certain things. God could always stop them if he wanted to, but normally he lets them run their course. Now, why is that important when we think about this passage? Because I'm a sinner. Not news to anybody, right? And I live in a sinful world. And I'm impacted by the sin around me. And I don't always respond the way I should respond. And I don't always do the things I should do. Anyone with me on this? Right? So how does this verse work when I don't act out my love for God? So let's just think through this. Let's just say someone, God forbid, has young family, has an affair. Right? blows up their family. And as they're packing their bags, 
the father leaving his home, his kids crying. He stands in front of his son and says, don't worry, son. What? God works all things together for good to those who love him. Do you think that would be an appropriate application of the scripture? This person is not demonstrating an active love for God. God doesn't bless sin. Sin has consequences. And I don't use this verse to say, God, I can go make a mess of things, but thank you that you'll make it all work for good. You'll clean up my mess. Because we have freedom, right? In God's sovereignty, we have some freedom. And we can make a mess of things and our families that that could, that could impact generations. So how's this thing working? God works all things together for good to those who love him, called according to his purpose. Well, one of the things we have to figure out in this verse is God works all things together for good. What's that? What is the good that God brings about. We have our ideas of that, right? So I lose my job during COVID, but then I get this great job, right? And I say, Romans 8, 28, there it is, boom. God, you always work things out for good. I had this bad job, you got me this great job. You're amazing, Romans 8, 28. Or you're dating someone and uh, it's a bad breakup, but then you find Mr. Right, Right? And you say, thank God. I was about to marry that goofball, and God, you stopped me, and you worked all things out for my good. So you're pregnant, and the doctor says, I don't know, there's some things challenging with this baby. I'm not for sure what's going on here. And, and you go to the doctor, and you have some tests, and the tests come back. No, everything's fine, and you say, Lord, thank you. You worked all things out for me. Are all those good things? Yeah. But what about those of you who are still looking for a job? Is God still at work? What about those of you who had that bad breakup but you never found Mr. Right? Is God still good? What about when the baby has trisomy 18? Is God still good? So let's take a closer look at Romans 8.28. What does this verse really say? We know, it's the truth, that for those who love God, those who, who are demonstrating their love for God, not perfectly, but demonstrating their love for God, we know that God works all things together for good for those called according to his what? His purpose. That just means that God has a plan for your life. God has things for you to do. And there's a primary thing that he has in his plan. I don't know some of the, I don't know some of the sub-themes. I don't know some of the other things that God has, but I do know, if you're a believer, the primary plan that he has in 
your life. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, so God, the um, uh, omniscient God we've been talking about, he, he, he knows everything. He also, check this out, what's his plan for your life? What's, this, what's the good? What's the good that he's working in your life? He predestined, planned beforehand, he's working it out. Here it is. The good is to be conformed to the image of his son. That's the good. Is it the new job? That's secondary. Is it the right person? Secondary. Is it everything going your way? Secondary. God is doing all these things. Preordained them in our lives, working through them to mold us into a person who looks like Jesus. Christ-likeness. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to, for the adoption of him, uh, uh, for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to his purpose. Before the foundation of the world, he chose us to be holy and blameless before him. Before the foundations of the world, he foreknew us. He wanted us to be conformed to his son. Now, I know a lot of people say, I don't like the word predestination. I, I don't like that word. Well, I'm sorry, it's in scripture. I didn't write it. It simply means that God, before the foundation of the world, called you to be his child and he said my primary purpose for you the works I'm going to do in your heart the works I'm going to do in your life is to conform you to Jesus what it looks like to follow him verse 30 and those he predestined he also called and those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What tense are those verbs in? They're in past tense, right? He called, he justified, he glorified. Now glorified means that one day we're going to wake up and see Jesus face to face in heaven, right? This verse says it's as good as done. He called us, past tense. He justified us. He made us right by his son Jesus and he glorified us. It's as good as done. So we are living the eternal life right now. You see, God is saying, we're, you guys are getting so hung up on all the temporal stuff. And, and I get that because we live in the temporal stuff. That's all we know. But God's saying, I got bigger plans for you. I have eternity for you. You are glorified. I love you so much. I sent my son to rescue you. The Holy Spirit lives within you, allows you to love me and have this ongoing relationship with me. And I'm working in your life to conform you to be like Jesus. And just like Jesus sometimes learned obedience through suffering, Hebrews says, so sometimes... I'm going to let things run their course. I'm not the author of evil. 
But in this evil world, stuff happens, and I'm going to let things run their course, and I'm going to use them to conform you to the image of my son. That's the best thing I can do for you. When that's in place, then everything else starts to make sense. When that's in place, when I'm looking more like Jesus, when I'm following Jesus, when I have this relationship with Jesus that is growing deeper and richer, now everything else starts to make sense. But nothing makes sense if I'm just focused on the stuff in my life. Does God work everything out together for good? Absolutely. But don't mistake that sometimes it may not feel good or even look good in our lives. But he's using it all to conform us to Jesus. Verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? 32. Verse 32. He who did not, think about this. I love this passage of scripture. God who did not, he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. If God did that for us, if God cared enough to give us his son, if God didn't spare Jesus, then He's going to take care of everything else. That's the greater to lesser argument. He's done the the greatest thing in time and eternity. He's going to take care of all this other stuff. You can trust him. Yeah, he's working it out for good even when. Doesn't feel like it. If he didn't spare his son, how will he not also with him graciously give us everything we need? All right, a couple lessons. Number one, God never wastes our time. Do you believe that? God never wastes our pain. God never wastes our confusion. God never wastes our discouragement. God never wastes our joys. Some of you are going through hard times. You've, at work, you've lost a job or you're trying to keep your job by reinventing this new schedule that was working remotely kind of and on Zoom and all this stuff. At home, there's extra stress on marriages and family with COVID thing going on. And I know some of you would say, look, I, I, look, I, I kept my job. I, I, things are going well in my life, but man, I am stressed. That's what I hear about. Everyone, I'm talking to a lot of people. I am exhausted. Anyone heard that going on? Anyone feeling that? I'm exhausted. There's just this emotion going on. I'm, I'm, I feel drained. I feel numb. I, am not, I feel like I'm dropping the ball everywhere. I'm not measuring up. It's just it's hard to, to put in words the toll these last months have taken. So I just want to remind you that this is not a surprise to God. And he is not wasting our time. And he's using this situation to conform us to the image of Jesus. And so when we're discouraged, we can, we can absorb ourselves in self-pity or we can say, God, I am discouraged. I need you more than ever. When we don't have that job, God, I, I know it's a job thing and I know you're going to provide, but I need you more than ever. 
when we're going through things in our life that just don't make sense, we are asking the question, God, this hurts, this is painful. I want out of this as quickly as possible. And you don't waste my time and you're conforming me to the image of your son. So God, what are you teaching me? Open my mind to hear what you're teaching me. Show me what you want me to learn. How, how is this working out in my life? I don't understand it. How's it working out? Remember the story of Joseph in the Old Testament? Sold into slavery. Uh, Joseph had two issues. One, he was a cocky teenager. And two, he was his favorite son of his dad, which caused his brothers to be jealous, sold him into slavery, goes into Egypt, purchased by Potiphar, a ruler in the kingdom. Potiphar's wife makes advances at Joseph. Joseph runs from the scene. He obeys, and what did his obedience get for him? Years in prison. And we love the story of Joseph, but he was a human, and don't you think in prison he's thinking, God, what are you doing? I thought you blessed obedience, and I'm sitting here in prison. I'm no, I, don't, I don't really get this. He finally gets out of prison, helps Egypt uh, in their famine. His, his family is able to survive the famine because of him. His brothers is, are reintroduced to him. And remember what he says at the end? What you meant for evil, what God meant for good. He doesn't waste our time. He's going to work it all out. And so if you're in a situation right now, I just want you to know God's not wasting your time. Ask those questions. God, what are you trying to teach me? How are you trying to change me? How are you trying to mold me? Here's one other lesson. This is a hard one. I admit it. Be content with the loose ends. Be content when you don't know the whys. We, we, we love everything tied up nice and tight, don't we? And we love the stories where the, where the, where the job went away and then a better one came, where, where there, was the, there was a diagnosis of cancer, but then cancer wasn't there. Uh, we, we love the stories where we can figure out it all works out for good. God, thank you. And those are great stories, and we thank God for those. And those are real stories. God sometimes interrupts natural things, right? But I don't know about you, but I don't have some of those stories. Some of you are still trying to figure out the job. The pregnancy that never has occurred even after you surrendered to God. The cancer that you watch suck the life out of a loved one. Sometimes the loose ends just aren't tied up. My dad died when he was 59 years old. I watched, uh, I watched cancer take his life in six months. My brother-in-law, who was 43, died as well. Those were two of, of, the, of the biggest influencers in my life. There, there, were, there were no miraculous healings. There was no uh, one who came to Christ at the funeral. Uh, there were no angels at the bed when they were dying. There was grief and there was pain. And I watched my mom and my sister and her kids go through that. 
Most recently, our family has experienced the same type of grief with the death of a grandson. A little baby that lived for seven hours. And God's never said, let me explain why I did that. But that's okay. Because sometimes he wants us just to be content with the loose ends, right? In the pain, my daughter said, I remember we were standing in the kitchen and she said, I don't know how people make it through stuff like this. Just lost her son. I don't know how people make it through this without Jesus. That's really the answer to that question, isn't it? God is not wasting our time. He is working in the life of his children to make each of us more like his son. Now the question is, can you accept that even when you can't tie up all the loose ends? We're going to cut to the campuses and uh, those of you online continue to stay with us as our worship team uh, comes out. Uh, we're going to sing a song in just a bit. Here's what I'd like you to do. They're going to, they're going to invite us to join them at some point. But as they begin to sing, let them just sing the song over you. And think about those things in your life that you just don't get right now. That you don't know the whys to, you don't know the reasons to, that you're really struggling with God. And, and, and if God's leading you to do that, just say, God, I, I'm giving it to you. I, I, I trust you. You don't waste my time. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But I don't have to understand it because you're God and I'm not. And I know you've done the greatest thing for me. You've given me Jesus. And so you're going to do everything else for me. And it's hard and it hurts. But I trust you. You take it. You take it. So as the worship team sings over us, just bow your heads. And, uh, and do your business with God. Lord, be with us as we think through this and pray through these things. Lord, there are so many things in our life we don't understand. There are stresses in our life that, that drain us. And, and we look at someone else and we say, well, we're not as bad off as they are, but, but man, it's personal and it still hurts and we're challenged by it. And so God, I'm asking that during this time, you just speak to our hearts and you allow us to say, Lord, I'm content with you, even with loose ends. I'm content with you, even when I don't understand, because I know, I know that you are actively working out all things in my life for good in the way that you define good. You're making me more like Jesus. Lord, help me become more like Jesus, I pray. In Christ's name, amen.